Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and I have with me this morning, you are, sir. Ed Butler. What's going on, Ed? Parenting, man. Parenting. Parenting. <laughs> that is the uh, the word of the week. We are doing a little parenting in our house, too. So what you got going on at yours? Man. Maybe we can combine stories, and uh, <laughs> this will be like therapy this morning for both of us. So Sunday, we uh, we had some, some family over, and, uh, and there was going to be some couples come over, and we was going to play some games and, and, and uh, let the kids play and all this. And it seems every time our boy gets around his cousins, he gets hurt or they get hurt. Okay. I mean it. It's gotten to the point where I mean they're uh, the oldest one's ten, mm-hmm. uh, lose eight, and the youngest I think he's four. I don't know what happens between them, but one of them had to have ball surgery. What? Well, Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. That, this was uh, previously in the past. Oh, one okay. of them has. Okay. They've been playing together. One of them gets so hurt he has to have testicle surgery. And Yikes. not like one of them good old home surgeries we've been talking about. <laughs> this is an official one. Y'all did not commission a gentleman on on Craigslist. <laughs> well, it's, but the thing is, it's sad the fact they're not the hard woods. to find. No, 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 I know. <laughs> so Sunday we uh, we decided, hey, it's kind of cool today. We're gonna have make a big pot of chili and have you know people over and all that good stuff. And uh, Rob, they was there maybe twenty minutes till people got there. <laughs> Lucas comes in the in the kitchen. Uh, he's crying. He's very upset, and he's got blood on his arm. Oh shit! And I said, I said, damn, Lou. I said, you cut your arm. I said, where, where you hurt at? He points to the top of his head. I looked at the top of his head, and it was so much blood that instead of going, uh, hey Jessica, you need to check this out. I said, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I panicked. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, shit, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> and, which makes the kid go, oh, God. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, going to die. He's screaming hysterically at this point. Yeah. 
So, so I said, well, um, you know, there's only one thing we can do here. And, uh, we said, well, we'll see y'all next time. So <laughs> we went to the Cartersville, uh, emergency room and, uh, he ended up getting a staple in the head. Oh, nice. And a CT scan, make sure, you know, there was, there was no uh, concussion or yeah. anything like that going what? on. Did he get cracked in the head or something? Apparently jumping from his bed to his little nightstand. And I don't know how the hell this happens because it was on the top of his head, but he hit his head on the corner of the oh, nightstand. I still don't know how he did it. I I can't figure it out. I know there's blood on the carpet. Um, I mean, uh, it's, was you was you in there with your yarn drawing off all the blood spatter? Uh, it wasn't as the much trajectory of the blood followed in this pattern. It wasn't a Nicole Simpson amount of blood. <laughs> But it was enough to to, to enough startle to, me. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. I have never been one of those people that can stay calm in a crazy situation. Uh, I just just haven't. Like I, I guess my adrenaline gets flowing and whatever. Yeah. But I had went. Um, we went paddling in the river. We were kayaking uh, in the Etowah, and we we had camped out, and we were on our way back, uh, just in the middle of the river in summertime. And there was a group of people with us. And so I'm paddling along, and, and and lucky me, I get to tow out everything on my kayak. Everything's tied to me because I I have to paddle everything out. Yeah. And uh, somebody goes, oh, oh, there's a snake. Okay, so I, I'm very – I fish a lot, so I'm very familiar with if it's a poisonous snake or it's, yeah. it's non-venomous when they're swimming. Okay. Yeah. If they're poisonous, they they inflate their air bladder – and they ra- their heads out of the water, uh, like it's like this, like the Loch Ness monster. Okay, yeah. they don't they don't submerge themselves underwater. Yeah, uh, water snake uh, like just move like this. Yeah, their heads in the water and they're just going. Well, poisonous snakes, all snakes really don't like to be cold. So, a venomous snake, unless it's like a cottonmouth, uh, they they typically don't like to get in the water. So I turn around and look. And it's a copperhead, and its head's out of the water, and it's just, like, swimming along, you know. And uh, it's headed right for this chick's kayak because it doesn't want to be in the water. Yeah. It doesn't know what the kayak is. It can't yeah. see colors. It just knows it's a, something that can get out of that cold-ass water. Yeah. And I didn't stay calm. <laughs> I said, holy fuck, that's a poisonous <laughs> snake. Because that's the first thing I thought because yeah. I'm towing all this shit on my kayak and I'm thinking this thing's going to get on my kayak and chill like uh, what the stuff I'm towing and it's going to crawl up there and bite me on the back. Yeah. And I'm like, don't let that motherfucker get on my get on that stuff that I'm towing. And uh, it gets closer and closer and it starts trying to get on this chick's kayak. Okay. <laughs> you think I was excited. <laughs> she really got fucking excited. <laughs> I'm talking, it sounded like a murder going on on the river. She's screaming and she's she's about to jump in the water with it. And everybody's like, no, 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 don't, don't, you know, don't get in the water. Don't get in the water. Take your paddle and brush it away. It'll go. It'll realize that you're just not a log and it'll get the hell out of there. So um, we started slapping the water with our paddles because uh, this girl obviously is not hearing anything we're saying. Yeah. Um, if If there was ever a time you could question a human being walking on water, she probably could have pulled it off. I mean, it was like, it would have been like some Bugs Bunny shit or yeah. running across the top of that river. Yeah. But, uh, but luckily it swam away. So I, I'm not one that handled. So if I, if Lou would have came in there, uh, and I he had had a bloody head, I would have flipped the fuck out yeah. on everybody. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh my God, call an ambulance, you know? And I'd be like, call the priest in. <laughs> 
I yeah, I, I lost my shit, man. Yeah, I, you know, um, yeah. I, I, I don't do that. well in those situations yeah. at all, yeah. at all. So I had that 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 freak out, and uh, so of course because COVID, we get to the ER, they're only gonna allow one in. Uh, yeah. So they allowed Jessica in, of mm-hmm. course, and so hell, I went back home and finished making the chili and cornbread, you know, and yeah. so when they got out, you know, dinner was made. Yeah. It uh. That was an exciting ass day, man. Dude, I, it's I'm, a blur. Yeah, well, kids get injured, man. It's, they they get injured doing the dumbest shit. Dumbest shit. Yeah, because I was a kid once, and I yeah. and I did uh, get injured a yeah. lot trying oh, to yeah. be funny. Oh, dude, I broke both my arms at the same damn time. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, elementary school, I fell out of a swing. Uh, well, Ow. I'm not sure how the hell this happened, really. What was that teacher's name? Uh, Miss Cowan. She. <laughs> She was uh she was about sixty five. She's hotter than fuck, man. And, uh, <laughs> she's like, You little bastard. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am real hard, Miss Cowan. <laughs> so Miss Cowan, I gotta go to the restroom. Can you uh help me? My arms are broken. Can you just take it out? Can you just just hold just, it? Just just look at it for a second. <laughs> Does my goober scare you? Because <laughs> it should, because this is a crime lady. <laughs> oh, my God. No matter what, are you going to listen to a second grader? <laughs> you will help me. You've been looking at my penis. We have a bond that can't be broken. I will tell everybody. <laughs> you start screaming in the bathroom like Cody. Stop looking at my dick. That is still the funniest nah, fucking dude, thing. I tell you that story all the time. It's crazy ass. But so I don't know if I went to jump out. Of, I had to have been trying to jump oh, out yeah. of the swing. I mean, I don't, how are we not paralyzed to the shit we did when we were kids? Dude, Because you remember, like, you would try to get that swing at the highest apex and just yeah. jump out. Yeah, and then I remember getting like I was going so high, and I was I was like, "It's a bad idea," and then I didn't jump. <laughs> so it was like, "Little girl, whatever." <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing I needed. So I remember we had a cargo net uh, like they had in the Marines, and so we had like these two giant telephone poles, and then there's a telephone pole that goes across the top, and there's a cargo net, and this thing, this some bitch is full on like military grade cargo net, okay. And we're a good, I mean, you know how tall telephone poles are. Oh, I mean, yeah. we're probably a good 10, 12 feet off the ground uh, at the top of this thing. And our uh, PE teacher was psychotic, crazy <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, so he would, like, make us do the obstacle course because we had, like, uh, staggered tires and we would run, jump over them. And the big ones, we'd, we weren't supposed to run under them. We were supposed to go over the top of them. I was a short kid, so I just ran under the biggest one. So. Yeah. But we get to this cargo net, you climb up, and you're supposed to climb over, I'm talking 12, 10, 12, 14 feet off the ground. There's no harnesses. Nobody's there to catch us. He's just standing there with a fucking whistle with his arms you know, crossed, wearing his grape smugglers and his socks pulled up to the top of his <laughs> knees. Dribble stains on the front of his shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, we literally were having to climb this thing and go over the top of it. I climbed about halfway up, but I looked back at him, and I said, no, I'm done. And he's like, you got to go over the top. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> He's like, yes, you do. You go over the top. I was like, you can call my daddy. <laughs> I ain't climbing over this. Like, I was scared of heights when I was a kid. Yeah. But uh, and then we had another one, uh, same setup except it was tires that were like combined together. Like if you look at it, it looked like a Connect Four board. Okay. Okay. The way the tires were set up, and we were supposed to climb the tires and go over the top. Well, they stopped doing that once a child got about halfway up and uh, got attacked by a swarm of wasps that had built a nest oh, inside shit. these tires. There's only one way down fast, and that's fucking falling. And he fell. So, 
Um, oh, so man. all those activities were scratched for kickball. Thank God. Probably saved. You know, we were tough little fuckers though. Yeah, but to uh, kids today, <laughs> dude, I remember being at. We're not doing that. That's where I went to school. You did. You went to McKinney too. I did. I did. Cardinal Redbird. Son. Yeah, me too, man. Represent. That's yeah. A, hell yeah, Rob. Yeah. So, <laughs> so McKinney, that's really not anything to be proud of. It, it really uh, is. You knew where this school was. It made us tough, though. It did. I had a sixteen-year-old in my fifth grade class. If you want to fucking know how tough we was over there, that's no lie. The teacher's yelling at him to do his work, and he's like, B-. "I remember this clear as day." He's like, "Bitch, I'm sixteen in another month." I'm quitting. I ain't doing shit. <laughs> and then Man. we're all scared because we're in the fifth grade. <laughs> wow. And then uh, she kicks him out. Of course, he gets kicked out of class. And then they go ahead and let him just be done because he Damn. was 16 in the fifth grade. That yeah. is insane. Yeah. Kids out there smoking. it. Pee. They're like hiding cigarettes in the fucking tires. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and that kid was none other than Danny Trejo. <laughs> 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 but you remember the playground yes. at Matt Henry? Yeah. It was a chain link fence covered in brush and stuff that went around a trailer park. Mm-hmm. Yes. Man, I can remember, dude, I remember the certain spots on that huge field, this yep. huge field, old equipment. Yep. And then there was just this huge, it was probably like the equivalent of three football fields in a, length. Yeah. That just had nothing on it. But. The, this fence around the whole playground, and and there was a trailer park back in there, and that trailer park's kind of rough. Yeah, dude, I can remember being on the playground, and teachers telling us if we found something on the playground, don't pick it up. And dude, I remember seeing like needles out there. Oh, I'm not surprised. And it's, it's um, bad over there. It was. it was bad. And and I remember like you could. And I, I don't imagine know. it's probably way worse now too. Oh, I'm sure. I. It was so crazy to look through that fence, man. I remember looking at that fence, and you seeing sometimes you see kids. That weren't at school. That weren't at school. <laughs> I know. It is crazy. Look, I'll tell you, I got uh, one time we were playing baseball. We used to go over there and play baseball. Um, I think I was 14, and I had a cousin that could drive, and so we drove over there to play baseball. Well, we were kids, and the grown-ups from the trailer park wouldn't come over and play, but we'd have a good pickup game of baseball. Yeah. Until <laughs> a kid my age uh, took a line drive to the face from a 25-year-old man's bat. Ooh. This dude's hitting with a kid's bat. I mean, yeah. he, he ain't. <laughs> yeah, he don't have a. But yeah, the yeah. kid's pitching. Throws him a fastball, and he sends it right back up the middle. Sure. And uh, if you ever seen Will Smith and Hitched, where he gets he gets allergic to those, and, it, his, shit and his face up. was up. Yeah, that's what this kid looked for like a month and a half. Oh man, yeah. it crushed his orbital bone. It was crazy. Jesus, wow. And then I had a. We played in. We, this is the last time we were there. We uh were playing baseball. And uh, some dude got in a fight with his girlfriend, and uh, he proceeds to. Do you remember where the old gym was up on top of the hill? Yep. He parked his his car up there on top of that hill. <laughs> so they get in this huge argument or whatever, and uh, he goes and gets in his car, and he's sitting up there, and he's like revving up the motor. And we're all just still playing baseball because we're not thinking anything about it. Next thing I know, he's fucking flying off that hill, like chasing her in his car, like going to run her over. And my mom's like, that's it. You're not going. <laughs> wow. Y'all are done. He. He uh, caught a moment of clarity and did not run her over, but I thought he was just, I thought it was like a, you know, murder suicide deal where he's going to kill everybody. We're all going to be a speed bump out here in the middle of this field. That's what you think whenever, you know, some of us like, 
He's coming for us. When, next. He, when you hear somebody say, I don't want to live anymore, you better find somewhere safe to get real quick because <laughs> yeah. shit is going south. Because if he don't give a shit about himself, he don't give a fuck about He's, you. <laughs> I'm taking y'all. I'm taking all of you with me. All of you. So, uh, so with, we're going to lead in, uh, with our Mac Henry, uh, playground stories <laughs> to, uh, the none other than, uh, the moment we all been waiting for. The What the Florida. Oh, I love this segment. What the Florida. A Florida man rides a manatee and dares police to arrest him. He gets arrested. <laughs> no shit. It is illegal to harass a manatees in Florida, but didn't stop James Roy Massengale Jr., 47, from jumping on a, a Florida manatee in a creek. He met some aquatic friends and decided that he wanted to... Uh, you know, caddy around in the in the creek with this thing. And uh, he jumps on the back and he's like, I'm riding it, I'm riding it. Uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife concert, uh, Conservation officials arrived to find the man reaching for, touching, and lying over the top of a manatee in a creek. Was he just trying to ride the manatee? Nah, he's trying to fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to set him up with the chick and the dolphin. Oh, my God. Again, informed that it was illegal, uh, Massengill reportedly began chanting, take me to jail, over and over again. Unsurprisingly, the officers did take him to jail. <laughs> they will oblige you. Massengill's adventure stuck him in jail with a $25,000 bond, mainly for being uncooperative. So they were uh, more upset with him about being obstructing justice than breaking the law. But uh, just in case, if you go to Florida... And then you just get an urge to ride a manatee. No, it's illegal. And it will land you in jail. <laughs> Especially if you look at the cops and go, take me to jail. <laughs> look, all right, that aside, I got to defend this guy here. <laughs> that aside, if he were cooperative, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm saying, you know, there's a lot of what ifs out there. There's a lot of what ifs. If this guy was cooperative, they probably wouldn't have charged him with much of anything they They had to let him go looking for something to get him with at that point when he's being uncooperative i get and it's always a motherfucker with three names ain't it it is john anthony massingale jr yeah yeah always a motherfucker with three names it is just uh for god's sake behave yourself (laughs) yeah stop going by all of your names yeah (laughs) Don't you know how long it takes me to write this police report out, you dickhead? Yeah. I'm just going to call him Steve. Yeah. I don't give a shit what his license says. Yeah. <laughs> that whole name change process is interesting anyway. I don't know if you know much about it. I'm about to find out about it. I, oh, yeah, I got a, I got a month to go, so yeah. Well, so, Brittany was telling me that I should change my last name. And I was like, mm, no, nah, man, that ain't happening. Really? Yeah. She's kidding, though. She yeah. better be. Because <laughs> that ain't going to happen. That is a tough one. There are dudes out there that do that. They do. They uh, do. I don't know. That's a wild one, ain't it? You think those dudes get pegged? Man, it had to be some kind of... You're a little submissive somehow. You if if you're give, cool you're giving that. up your last name. Are you giving, are you giving up the booty? <laughs> think about that. In the 1600s, a dude did that. I mean, the townspeople be like, oh... <laughs> yeah, we know what's going down. Oh, right yeah, definitely. This <laughs> She's guy's... going to be the queen. <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker is not yeah. the king. So. Oh, yeah, th- these people are are, uh, are, are certainly using a, a broom handle for more than just a sweeping <laughs> off the front porch. This is uh, <laughs> this thing's doubling as something else. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, we stir the Brunswick stew with it. <laughs> we do. We flip it over and stir it. We poke the dog when it's too close to the fire. I get, and <laughs> I get that whole thing. If you're a celebrity, not taking the last name. If you've built your career off a name, off your name, that, sure, that would that would that do makes some total shit. sense. Motherfucker, if you ain't famous and you, you marry me, you work the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, just, just just pick up my last name and let's keep this thing going. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. I feel like, yeah. but I don't know. There is a, a definitely a stigma about uh, the male taking the 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 female's last name. Apparently, it happens. It does happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If you're listening, Jessica, that shit ain't happening here. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> mean I mean it. Love you. Mean it. So today's episode, we again we run across these stories that I feel like need to be told. I send these out to Ed and Otto and Andrew, and I was like, "Hey, uh, is this one fair to talk about?" And we usually are in in agreement uh, that we it's fucked up and it needs to be told. So, yeah. So uh, today we want to talk about our centerfold pinup girl. Uh, the Secret Life of uh, Betty Page. Betty Page. No relation to Diamond Dallas Page, I don't think. The pro wrestler. Unfortunately But I not. heard she had a seriously uh, mean diamond cutter. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I heard. So. Um, suddenly after disappearing from the spotlight in 1957, Betty, pa- Betty Page's uh, life later <clears throat> was shrouded in mystery. But then she resurfaced years later in a series of violent scandals. Which I had no idea about. Me neither. And, I, and I'll tell you, when they say serious, violent offenses, it don't get more violent than, than Betty Page. Hell no, it don't. I uh, thought Betty Page was the most famous post-war pinup girl in American history. Her later life proved to be far less glamorous. And by the end of the 50s, the most photographered model of the 20th century had become a total shut-in. Okay, let's dig into Betty Page. Hell yeah. I mean, she was, in her prime, she was gorgeous, man. Yeah, she was beautiful. She was. I mean, she was, you know, she was on airplanes and everything else. Like She was doing it all. Yeah. Uh, Page's introduction to the limelight was unusual. She went from being a homecoming queen to an aspiring Hollywood starlet, but her one and only screen test was an utter bust. She was terrible. She couldn't act her way out of a paper sack. <laughs> so the director offered to, uh, quote, unquote, let's have a meeting after hours about this role, which she declined. But her stardom was faded, and she was ultimately made her, she ultimately made her mark in New York City, uh, where beatnik photographers like Irvin Claw made her famous with uh, bondage photos. If you're not familiar with, if you're not familiar with a BDSM, then don't feel bad about yourself. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't. are familiar with it, I mean, you might could seek some counseling. Yeah, I'm garbage, <laughs> and I knew about it. <laughs> but if uh, if if you you don't know about this, just uh, you're probably just a really nice person. <laughs> what is it? It's bondage, dominate, and sadomasochism. Sadomasochism. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. It's not really a good time, I don't it, think. It, it, uh, it's not. But depending I, on what you like to do, I mean, it's... I'm just not into somebody I, getting tied up I'm and like, beat on. And, yeah, yeah. That's that's wild. Sure, piss on me, fine. But no. <laughs> you hit me with something? <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> yeah. When, when I get these ropes off of me and this candle out of my ass, yeah. <laughs> somebody's getting beat to death. So. 
<laughs> Between 1949 and 1957, 20,000 mail-order photos of her bondage costumes were taken, drawing attention to uh, uh, the ambitious United States senator who launched an investigation on pornography that impacts the life of the youths. They've always been after the porn business. Yeah, but I mean, everybody knows porn's in the woods. That's where you find it. You find it in a box in the woods. And, but, That's or where in, porn or comes your, from. Your dirty uncle's trunk. <laughs> yeah, of his car. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, but it's all weird shit. It is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> what is this pig mask doing in the trunk? <laughs> and are we using this duct tape for anything important? <laughs> so, the investigation uncovered a scandal that marred Paige's career as she shortly thereafter vanished from New York City scene for good. But tragically, her troubles as an as a recluse had only only just begun. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to the rise and fall of Betty Page, the pinup queen. Okay, Edward, uh, I don't understand like how you just this this switch gets flipped and i mean you know she had a really rough childhood yeah so her her parents split when she was very young at the age of 10 they're they're sent to um to foster care Mm -hmm. they return um and her father molest her which i don't think there's anything worse that could happen to a child absolutely not than to be molested by your parent if you want to unwire a human being permanently uh, that's probably one of the one of the most heinous, cruel, absolutely uh, unrecoverable things that can happen. And so. and and let me clarify that those people that commit those acts, that the penalty should be death. Oh yeah, immediate death. Immediate. No death. court case. Yeah, you get no, no trial. I no. mean, that's yeah. one thing we we can't take a chance of one of these assholes getting back out into yeah. society and hurting another child. You can't reform it. No, right? you can't. You just can't. And that will absolutely ruin a person for the rest of their life. Yeah. And I, yeah, um, so you kind of see. Yeah, yeah. It, it made sense. It made yeah. sense. Um, born in April twenty second, nineteen twenty three. That's a long time ago. Hell yeah! Uh, in Kingsport, uh, uh, Tennessee, not Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, Betty May Page was the second of six children, and they did not have it easy. Uh, as you were, you're were saying, uh, the dad was a mechanic uh, during the Great Depression. That salary was not. Uh, it was a non-existent salary at that time. The father yeah. had trouble paying all the bills, and uh, of course, he was. They were divorced, um, and the, the children had to go stay in an orphanage for a year. Um, so, like you said, she had moved back under his roof. Uh, I don't. It didn't say what age. Did not it, it didn't say ten. When, when she 10. moved back, when she okay. when she she left the orphanage, or she went to the orphanage at ten, but then she moved back. Um, oh, only for a year. So she was 11. 11. So she was 11. Um, you know, and despite, you know, moving back, uh, she had begun to be molested by her dad, yeah. as you had stated. Uh, and despite all that, she excelled at Nashville's Hume Fogg College, or I'm sorry, Hume Fogg High School. You want to talk about fog? Get that oh, wow. second COVID virus shot. <laughs> My head's been in a fog ever since. And that's no lie. Not trying to be funny. Uh, not trying to scare you out of taking it either, but it is what it is. Uh, she became the homecoming queen and garnered a scholarship to George Peabody College. There was a college there. Uh, and she graduated in 1943 and married her high school sweetheart, Billy Neal, and they moved to San Francisco. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're going from Tennessee. Little old Tennessee, town in Tennessee. To San Francisco, to the limelight, the big the big time. So 
Paige modeled on the side and worked as a secretary uh, by day as she failed her first screen test in Los Angeles uh, for being unfaithful to her spouse. So she she may have did a good job acting. You know, she may yeah. have been pulling it off. And the guy, he was just trying to pull off her clothes. Yeah. So he was like, uh, you can be great or you can suck, but if you want to get naked, then this, this role is yours. And back then, in that time, a woman did that outside of marriage, man. She was shunned. Oh, I mean, for that sure. Was Scarlet Letter career. for real, yeah. yeah. And uh, what was her statement she made? I, <laughs> I thought this was so awesome. She said that, look, I will sleep with someone to get what I want and get where I want to get, but I'm not sleeping with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering how ugly this son of a bitch was. It had she to be did, rough. She declined that straight up. So <laughs> ultimately, Paige, Paige divorced Neil in 1947, and just a, a year later, she moved to New York City, and she met uh, Jerry Tibbs. And Jerry was the one that actually changed her life. He was, a, he was a cop by day and a photographer by night. Tibbs first saw Paige on Jones Beach in Long Island in 1949, and he urged her to pose nude for his camera club, and she agreed. Why couldn't we have came up with something like that? Awesome. So I have, a, I have a camera club, and I would like for you to take your clothes off and let me take pictures. How many people's in it? It's just me and it's you. It's just me and you. <laughs> That's it. That's all. It's a club. It's fine. Yeah. We have a 5013C. We're very exclusive. We're exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so exclusive that if you tell anybody, you will go missing. <laughs> Since you made it into the pages of magazines like Wink and Flirt, but her 1955 Playboy centerfold brought uh, her career to the next level. The shoot garnered the attention of Irving Claw, a pinup king photographer who specialized in the bondage shoots, uh, which saw models tied up with rope and leather. So this pervert, uh, 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 do I call him a pervert or do I, do I call him a, no, uh, right. uh, yeah, okay, yeah. We're not going to give him any other title. He photographed Paige, uh, this way and sent thousands of four by five photos across the country, making her, uh, just making her pinup star overnight, but her pictures didn't excite everyone as we had, uh, alluded to earlier. We have, uh, Senator Estes Kef, Kefauver. Is that fair? Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, anyway, yeah, dude. yeah. I mean, he's trying to he's trying to ruin everybody's good time. So. Dickhead. <laughs> uh, the photographers like Claw were a bad influence and degrading. Okay, here's here's where we get to it. Kefauver formed a subcommittee on a juvenile delinquent to investigate how bad the influence uh, they were found in the case of a man named Clarence Grimm, who said his son was influenced by Paige and the photos of her being tied up. And he hung himself. Okay. Investigation saw Claw subpoenaed in 1955. Uh, Claw corroborated with his friend Eric Stanton and said, It was only a time I ever saw Betty upset. She was horrified at the prospect of having to testify against her friends. She was, prepared, she was spared much of the proceedings uh, that laid the teenage suicide to her feet. So there we go. It's the same. It's the Marilyn Manson thing. I was going to say that. So his music and his videos cause mass shootings or cause people to commit suicide or cause people to commit murders. No, sometimes your kid needs help. That's right. Your kid needs needs help outside of you and your wife or the family. It yep. needs, needs professional help. And it's a shame that you have these politicians with an agenda. Imagine that. Uh, and they're trying to get their name in the light. Well, 
they're just trying to get a rub off of yeah. whatever's popular. So right. you got these uh, senators coming after Marilyn Manson just because he's got this huge name. They're trying to attach themselves to it, so it brings more light into what they do. Exactly. Same thing happened here. Same thing. So, um, This was done because this guy wanted to get reelected. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it is just like the Marilyn Manson thing. It's like uh, that band Stained. They had a, a fan commit suicide, and they actually had to go to court about that shit, too. Yeah. And that was in the 2000s. Yeah. So back in the 40s and 50s, this happened to Betty Page. Man, they, they ruined her for this. They did. It ruined her, it ruined her whole, the whole thing that she was doing. All because she was attractive and had photos made, and some mentally ill person committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, dude, it's insane. It it's is. Not, it's not the people. It's your fucking child that needs help. Yeah. It's the parenting and the child that needed help. Exactly. Imagine this. Florida man, Clarence Grimm, okay, he's from Florida, testified that his dead son, Kenneth, was found hanging by his knees and his neck. The, could he tie himself up like that? That or, is weird. Uh, that's a little weird. Sounds like he knows how to use rope. Sounds like somebody knew how to tie him up. Yeah. Yeah. You ever try to tie yourself up? Uh, Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> Damn. Let's see what all this David step. Carradine shit was about. <laughs> I had on blush, really cheap lipstick, eyeliner, and a, and a pair of pantyhose. My mom's favorite spring dress. <laughs> <laughs> that was a close one. I almost, almost didn't snap back. I almost got caught with all this shit on. <laughs> <laughs> the committee's special counsel, Vincent... Uh, Man, I should really read all these things before we start recording. <laughs> Gay Hand led him to confirm that the position was wholly inspired by Claw's BDSM photos of Paige, where the photographer left in ruins as a result and Paige leaving town. So they ruined the photographer's career. They, ru- they run Betty Page out of town. She's gone. And that's when the violent crimes started happening. Okay. It seems every time she got ahead in life, she fell to somebody either pulled her or she fell two steps back. It's the Paul man. Abdul song. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Two steps forward, two yeah. steps back. Um, don't take pictures of Betty Page's crack. All right. Cavalver plans to raise poli- place. Uh, his his play was to rank to go through the political ranks. Okay, it failed. Paige left New York for quieter pastures. She moved to Florida. See, that was her mistake right there. <laughs> she moved to Florida where an experience, experience at uh, a multiracial Baptist church uh, on New Year's Eve saw her born again. In 1957, she was born again. So she gets saved. The year okay. my dad was born. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. She only had remarried but divorced very quickly. And remarried for a third time in 1967, together with her third and final spouse, Harry Lear, and Betty Page's mental health truly began to deteriorate. Lair, Harry, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> don't try to put the pieces back in the puzzle, because they don't fit. <laughs> with an uncontrollable burst of anger, Page ran through a Boca Raton ministry retreat with a 22 caliber pistol. In January 1972, in April, she forced her children and husband to pray to Jesus at knife point. I mean, look. If, Speak up. 
Look, we I can hear you. <laughs> we need religion in these homes. <laughs> that is a pretty forceful way to get your message across. <laughs> I mean, why we, <laughs> she was committed to Jackson Memorial Hospital, mental hospital, for four months as a result. She voluntarily com- recommitted herself in October. She said the cornbread is still gooey in the middle. I'm going back in. I'm not fully cooked yet. Um, <laughs> she recommitted herself in October, during which she left under suicide watch. At this time, and I'm not making fun of mental illness. I'm really not. It's uh, it's a real thing, and it's a huge problem in our country, in the world. I'm not trying to make light of it, but sometimes I'm just stupid and silly. Um <laughs> It was around uh, 1987 that Lear decided to separate from Paige and return to California, or and she returned to California to be closer to her brother. It took him long enough, didn't it? It, it was not a good idea. Uh, our brother was like, shit, what am I going to do? This bitch is trying to kill people in church. She can't live here. What if I leave the toilet seat up? <laughs> well, she'll let you know about uh, it. Absolutely. You're going to find out. You're going to learn today. So, But her proximity to her family did not help her mental status. Um, after an argument uh, with her landlady, during which she assaulted the landlady with a knife, Paige was diagnosed as schizophrenic and sent to Patton Hospital, uh, State Hospital, for 20 months. That's a long damn time. Yeah, yeah, it is. About two years. You done missing two Christmases. <laughs> her next episode would be the worst, however. And this is the one that I can't believe didn't land her in prison. Yeah. It didn't land her in prison because uh, the details of the attack will vary. Some claim that Paige repeatedly stabbed uh, another one of her landladies multiple times and even managed to cut off one of her fingers and slice her face from the mouth up to her ear. Want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Betty Page didn't want to pay her rent. <laughs> Look, I mean, if you got a job as a landlord, you got to expect to get a little bit of resistance. I mean, Every, I ain't mean, a walk in the park. If you don't go fix that leaky fucking sink, I'm coming back. And when I come back, heads will roll. Yeah. Heads will roll. Well, I mean, and I'm gonna cut your pinky toe off. All I'm saying is, is there is a possibility there's black mold in the house. The landlord wasn't addressing it. Betty got sick. Uh, it affected her mentally, and uh, you know we, she can't be blamed for the actions of this uh, negligent landlord. All I can say is uh, diligence goes a long ways. It sure does in the landlord game, and courtesy does too. Yes, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit if you got a hundred naked pictures of you. I ain't fixing that leaky faucet. <laughs> oh, I beg to differ. Miss Page, what am I going to do with 20 fucking postcards with your naked picture on them? This isn't payment for rent. <laughs> this is not adequate wallpaper for a nursery. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but can I keep this one? <laughs> Just this one. The victim suffered... Uh, I'm sorry, the victim survived. <laughs> she suffered as well. Oh, yeah. But she did survive, and the judge found Paige innocent by reason of insanity. Okay. Damn. All right. Well, that's how we doing it yeah. uh, back in 1992. That's it. Oh, no, wait. She was, in, never mind. She was sentenced to 10 years in the same California hospital, but then she was released in 1992. Betty Page suddenly found herself an unwitted icon in a new era. This, this is what's going to blow your mind. Everything that I'm telling you is crazy. But what I'm about to tell you is going to blow your damn mind. In Betty Page's absence, the public grew increasingly curious about her. 
So much that, in fact, the penthouse magazine offered anyone that could prove that she was dead or alive $1,000. While Betty Page was busy wrestling with her mental health, a whole new generation had taken note of her. I mean, she wasn't hard to look at. Mm-mm. Her photos had inspired an illustrator named David uh, Stevens, <clears throat> who molded a popular comic book character after her as the Rocketeer. I didn't know that. Page managed to collect royalties from Stevens upon uh, its release and subsequent uh, attention she received from the comics landed her story in a segment of popular show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. What? Wow. You say rich and famous. Betty Page's net worth before she died was a whopping $20 million. That is insane. $20 million. That is insane. She didn't take any pictures since the 50s. Like, she's all the way, you know. Oh, well, let's get you some residuals, get some royalties. $20 million, dude. So what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to start running through these church revival tents with a 22. And I'm going to make my family pray with a, at knife point. <laughs> And I hope at some point what I'm doing now is going to be worth $20 million well, down the road. Rob, first of all, you're going to have to take some really compromising photos of yourself in leather. and uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> After living in Social Security benefits and royalties, Paige ultimately died of a heart attack on December the 11th of 2008 after being hospitalized with pneumonia days earlier. So... From an impoverished Tennessee girl to an icon, uh, iconic 1950s model who helped usher in the sexual revolution of the 60s, Betty Page lived uh, nothing if not a full life. She inspired comic books, fashions, and even action figures. And today she is remembered as an icon of feminine power and sexual expression. The end. Man, Holy what shit, a life, man. Dude. Holy shit, man. It's crazy. So, um, Ed. Dude, thank you so much for coming in and letting Rob, us thank do you this. For having me, and man. Uh, let's get together soon. Hell yeah, let's do it again. All right, man. All right, buddy. All right, later. Thank you, sir. Everybody, be safe.